Dude, are you ready? Like, let's yeah. talk about this. Uh, it's 11.35. Can we talk about the fact that I saw three problems on the drive over here? Manage a business partner. Cooled off her irritable realtor so she can call you. Thank you, Josh. It'd be really impressive if you can get it all done before 11 when it actually started. <laughs> I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host. And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually. Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together for 10 years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teaches people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it, and it was so fun. But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations, motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money and marketing. We are inviting you to continue this journey with us and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmundsense at gmail.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channels. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready? Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Sigmund Sense. And uh, we had a couple of cool conversations about hiring, recruiting, onboarding, first couple of days anyways, of new employees. And mm-hmm. um, actually our camera guy, Cannon brought up, you know, <laughs> some of us don't want to be owners. So some of us would like to get jobs. And so can you redo it all from the perspective of an employee? To which help I think the is employees. a fantastic uh, thought process. Such because, a good idea. Um, what, you know, what we'll do is kind of go back from the beginning then and how do you find the job? Because remember, mm-hmm. for, you know, if, if I'm looking for employees, there's in theory employees looking for this job too and we haven't found each other. Yeah. So uh, how do you find the job that you want? Number one. Number two is if you get the interview, what questions can you ask or what can you do in the interview to put your best foot forward um, to be selected so that if you're, you're yeah. one of 15 people being interviewed for the same job, how do you get chosen will be a second thing. And so we'll talk about from the perspective of an employer, what are they typically looking for? So you know what to, uh, what landmines to not step on, but also which ones to step on. Yeah. And then uh, and then last but not least, like how do you show up big at, at, uh, at work? And so in the next episode after this one, we'll talk about the differences between A players, B players, and C players. Uh, because I there is like a difference. Because it's not only about getting a job, but it's also keeping it. Like if you really like your job, Let's keep you it. don't want to be, you don't want to keep growing and getting paid more only to be the one that's cut because you're the highest paid one day. So how do you keep that job and keep on going, right? Yeah. So I think there's – so thank you, Cannon, for the Yeah, suggestion. that's a great idea. I think it's a great When suggestion. was the last time you interviewed for a job? Every <laughs> single client I would do a mortgage for. Okay, well, like – but let's – like a job job. How's, like how's that for an answer, pay? by the way? Well done. Well done. <laughs> Way to sidestep. <laughs> um, when was the last time I interviewed Point for a is, job? Point it, is, it's been a long time for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Probably been a long time for you. And so I think this will be really fun just to kind of – go through and talk about it from Hmm. the perspective of, you know, how do you get a job? Well, let's just start with the beginning then. So, you know, you let's, let's begin with, uh, how passive the, the average person is in pursuing whatever they want. Right. Like I, 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 one of my mantras is dream bigger sooner. Yeah. I say it all the time. So I, so I love this. The best story or best example I can give of this is so when I was in college and really even in high school, probably I wanted to bartend because I knew that's where all the money was. And those jobs are really hard to get. And it's even harder to get to go into a restaurant, get an application, fill it out, turn it back in and actually get a call back unless they're actively looking for someone. So I would have the application and I would take it in and tell them that, can I speak to him? I have an appointment with the manager. (laughs) So at least I could get face-to-face with them mm-hmm. when they came out so I could up my chances of 
maybe catching him on the spot so we could sit down and do a quick interview um, or at least let him see how lovely I am so he can go ahead and start falling in love with me. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that's the example of not being passive. Um, but I think that we have to unravel why people are, right? Mm, okay. So uh, I think one big thing is a, a big issue for anyone that has a job. Most people are comfortable. Um, if we know that basic, uh, basic personality profiling suggests that 60% of people are steady right. and that they're fear-based, then um, they're not going to look unless they're in jeopardy of losing their job. They are actually fired or literally one falls in their lap. And so um, one thing that's sad to me is, and I, th I think it's part probably one of the reasons why we started the podcast you know, a year ago, two years ago already anyways, is a lot of people are, have to make the paycheck. And so they don't have the opportunity to go pursue something that they want to pursue because yeah. they have to have it, which makes sense. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're listening, you're like, yep, that's me. That's okay. But that's just as much of a reason then to get your shit together with your budget, right? Yeah. So with your current income, with your current budget, like, are you getting ahead a little bit so you can take a risk? So you can go pursue yeah. that other job, that other industry, that other dream, you know, passion project, right? Um, so, Or I think maybe the other thing is, um, well, two things. Uh, lack of clarity on really what you want, want to do mm -hmm. and let's or on the other side you do know what you want to do but are thinking too far in advance mm. of um, what the end would look like rather than what can mm. I do now Next. that would be in line with mm. that future vision and so it's like well if I can't do the end game then I'm just going to do this until it's at the right time to do the yep. end game and the right time will never be right like there's never a good time yeah, yeah it's it's interesting and, and also um you know it's very rare for somebody to take a career path and get and, and you know i think a lot of people think oh i've already invested 10 years in this like yeah i would never start you know i don't want to start from the beginning again which by the way going back to you know traits that employers are looking for is people that are going to bet on themselves mm -hmm. and go backwards before they go forwards i think it's a very rare but uh important one so uh, just speaking of our most recent hires. So I was going to say, there's a, and we don't hear that all the time. Nope. Like in our interviews, nope. we don't hear that all the time. Nope. I think for us, you know, we, we, for the most part, don't you feel like we hire kind of green people for the most part? I enjoy green people. I enjoy them a lot too. Raw energy, yeah. optimistic, no bad habits. Yeah. Yet. And of those, Pliable. I would, of the green people, most of them are new to the workforce-ish um, maybe a job or two, um, but no, like not new to the workforce, new to the professional space, new to the great, better way to, yeah, that's a better way to say it. Um, <coughs> meaning coming from a service industry like uh, bartending or, or, yeah. or being a waitress uh, yeah. versus having a career. Right. Um, there's only been a couple that, you know, have actually said like, I have come from a, the professional space. I don't like that anymore. And I'm willing to completely start over, mm -hmm. which is which is cool. I mean, we interview a lot of people and only a couple yeah. have said that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, all that to be said, whether, you know, whatever your hang up is, if you don't love your job, like I, I believe it's a very fucking short life. And I got, can't you, imagine you not got, liking my job. You got one life to live. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing. And I just, it um, makes me sad for people that don't like, well, there's lots lot of excuses, of right? So the excuses usually start around family, which is a viable excuse. You know, I'm the breadwinner. So mm -hmm. what's my family going to do if I went off in this other thing? So, um, you know, uh, what I want you to hear if you're a young person and you don't have a family yet is if you're going to take a risk, do now, it, do do it, it like now right now. Before the kids ruin right. everything. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, kids and spouses, right? Um, <laughs> but also past that, and that's more of a joke, but also past that, um, you, you've got nothing to lose, right? So right. when mm -hmm. you've got nothing to lose, it's easier to risk it all. Yeah. Um, and so I have lots of time to make it back up. Now, the older you get, the closer to retirement uh, you are uh, with or without the retirement assets to be able to retire, mm -hmm. then of course your options are more and more limited, but it doesn't mean that it's not limited, that, that it is limited. It's right. more limited. It's not limited. Right. Um, and the reason I say that is uh, this day and age, one thing, one of the good traits of the newest generations in the workforce is a lot of them have side gigs, yeah. a lot of side hustles, lot right? Of side hustles, so yeah. Uh, to bridge gaps. You know, mm -hmm. I've got three employees I've got right now on my team that I can think of that I know for sure are doing a side hustle. Yeah. Um, and so they're not using it as an excuse. They're just making it up elsewhere while they're investing in, in their career. And as their career path continues, they'll make more in those spaces. And so that's, that's just yeah. the difference, right? So all this to be said, 
is, you know, what they say, if you, uh, you either get busy living or get busy dying. Um, <laughs> I forget what movie that was. That was a great quote. I think you're thinking of Dazed and Confused. Nope. Get busy living sure? or get busy dying. No, it's a cowboy movie. I think I think it was a Clint Eastwood movie, actually. I thought you were going to um, quote your boyfriend, Matthew McConaughey. L I V I N. That's L I V I N. Shawshank? Shawshank Redemption. Oh, it is not Eastwood. Isn't that the one where they break out, break of, prison. out of prison? Yeah. That's you better get busy living or get busy dying. I've only seen that once. I didn't think Clint, Clint Eastwood is in that. I was wrong about Clint Eastwood. That's, that's what I said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, that's uh, uh, Tim... <laughs> Uh, Tim Reynolds, I think, or Tim uh, got married Susan Sarandon, and also uh, Morgan Freeman. I was gonna say that's who I was thinking of. I'm like, I was gonna say Denzel Washington. Uh, I knew the I one. think Morgan Freeman is one that actually said it. Anyways, so the get busy living or get busy dying thing. You know, uh, the movie talks about it. Well, they're they're in prison for life. They're never gonna be paroled. Uh, at least the main character isn't. And um, you know, you just either get focused on, in his case, breaking out, or just go ahead and yeah. wither away, right? So. <laughs> I hate to compare a job to a prison. <laughs> I but mean, in I some can cases, <laughs> with some people, like I am very clear that the second I don't love what I do, I'm leaving. Like I'm very clear about that because yeah. you know I want to love every aspect of my life, and um, and so with that, then I it, I love that you said some people don't even know what else is out there, what they might be passionate about. You got to create some space and think about it. Like I actually put some thought into it. Like if I wasn't doing this, if I actually if I could had do anything in the forty world. hours a week. Uh, freed up what would I do with that 40 hours like what would I love to do and don't make it just about money because a lot of people yeah. do it's about like what would you like to do like do you like to work with people do you like to work in a cubicle do you like to uh, be working with your hands out in, in like nature? my mom wants to be a mailman that's really interesting <laughs> career or realtor a wants to be. I'm not even lying. you're bullshitting me I'm not lying. I love that flower child when we had the restaurant we would she, really we would, she would take a table or two and she was so, at, she would say that she was so bad at waiting tables. <laughs> she, she was, was so, so bad. nice. She comped everything. She was so nice and she wouldn't go back to ask them what they wanted if she forgot. Like it's, let's say like they're getting a steak and it comes with two sides. Um, the kitchen staff would be like, well, what sides do they want? I don't know. Just give him whatever you think. Just give him mashed potatoes. He's like, no, go ask him. I'm not going back out there to ask him. I've already been out there three times. <laughs> That's weird. Just give him, just give him this. So she would literally be like, I w "I'm gonna, I want to come up and help, but I just want to bust tables." She found so much joy. <laughs> joy. Hey, each their own. I'm good with that. Busting tables, and, that, and then that. she says she'd like to be a mailman. Go for it, girl. <laughs> but the point is, think about it and know what yeah. you like. I believe her. I mean, if she actually wants to be a mailman, fucking go be a mailman, go Sandy. Be like, a go mailman. for it. Um, my my point is, is really think about it because yeah. if you What's really weird to me, and I, and everyone talks about this that's older and older, is how fast the next year lapsed. Golly. Like right now, we're recording this episode in end of September, and uh, you know, COVID's kind of like a lost year. You know, I I literally feel like what happened to the last eighteen months. That is, the, it's, I mean, it is a huge gap. It's, it's just, a gap. It's it a just goes by faster and faster and faster. And, faster, and, faster, and so yeah. um, you're gonna wake up in five years less able, uh, uh, yet less youth more responsibilities if you've got kids, mm -hmm. you know, more bills probably because you keep up with the Joneses. And so you're just going to have fewer options in the future. So um, think about what you really want and then start pursuing it. So the second thing I, I really think about is, okay, let's uh, decide on an industry that you really like. So maybe you like car sales, right? Maybe that's what you want to do. Or maybe you want to uh, uh, work with the, a c crazy divorce attorney that's badass in the city, but you don't have a, uh, a legal, you don't, you don't have a JD and you don't, you're not a paralegal, but for some reason, like you like Boston legal. And so you want to go yeah. work with an attorney, right? Um, well, here's the deal. If you have conversations with lots of attorneys, eventually you'll work with attorneys, right? Yeah. Um, and so it is really just putting yourself in position to ask lots of questions. What I've found is most successful people are willing to tell you everything. If you just ask them out totally, to copy yeah. and say, hey, listen, you know, Bryn, you, I hear you're the best divorce attorney in town. And uh, I'm not an attorney, and, but I'd like to learn what, what it took to be successful and get where you are. Can I come in and buy you a cup of coffee for 15 minutes just to learn a little bit more about you? What I, my point is, is that's a very, very, very impressive first impression yeah. to any successful person. Uh, there's a guy that I love to death. His name is Andrew. Um, Andrew was a uh, UTSA almost graduate, not graduate yet. 
uh, at the time. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he said, I really want to be a mortgage lender. You know, I've heard great things about you from my professor, yeah. Ray Teske. And um, he said, I, I want to come work for you. I said, well, I don't have the job available right now. I said, no, no, no. I want to work for free. Yeah. Unpaid internship till I graduate. So we, he works for four months as an unpaid uh, intern, gets to graduation. We still didn't have a job available. He wrote a letter just thanking us for all the opportunity and how much he learned. And I looked at my team. I was like, we have to hire him. Like, Gotta we're not going to let this guy get away. <laughs> like, that's such a rare trait. Right. So he found what he thought was the best in the industry in his area. He pursued that person, which in this case just happened to be me. Yeah. And, uh, and he was willing to invest time with no cash return to put himself in position to be hired. Right. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's just, a, it's, that's what I mean by go find whoever's the best in that space or perceived to be the best in the space and ask how they were successful. If you can buy them coffee and most people that are actually successful, not, not, uh, Instagram successful, <laughs> like, uh, uh, gold chains and, and badass cars, but not a dollar in the bank. Um, <laughs> most successful people will give you the time of day to teach you what, what it was. And they'll probably give you some introductions if they're not hiring of yeah. where you could go to get into the space. The other thing I always think about, um, you know, I just love my shows. Um, if you're having trouble figuring out what you want to do there, you know, as I'm watching shows, I'm like, I could never want, I could, I could never do that job or it makes me cry thinking about having to do that job. But then there's other times where I'm like, that would be really fun, you know, to like on scandal, like to be the fixer, you know, like, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. The fixer of like murdered scenes. Yeah. It's just major scandals. It doesn't have to be murder. So this Give is not great uh, sal- advice to our young people. <laughs> Don't go be a fixer. <laughs> Point is get some use out of the shows you're binge watching. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so, uh, let's just say that you actually get an interview, right? So then the next question is how do you stand out? What might, you do preparation wise in the interview to get the best look, right? Because, yeah. you know, unfortunately, quite often you might only get one first option or opportunity, one interview. Uh, typically, if you're not selected in the first interview, they typically don't invite you back for another one down the road. It's yeah. not a universal answer, but typically that's the case. So um, I'd be curious for, uh, Let's talk research first because you and I know the difference of somebody that comes in knowing what the hell they're interviewing for, what position is, mm-hmm. what, what the company is, who we are. What research would you say is a, a valuable starting point if hey, I got this interview with Bank of Joe? Yeah. Right. So what what should, I, what, yeah, what, what, what be the preparation? Um, and I can tell you for sure that as someone who does a lot of interviews, I really like when people have a clue as to what our team is about. Um, And it sounds very basic, but it's not always, it's just not always the case. Um, So personally, I think off the cuff, I would start with um, their social pages to then follow through to their website. But then I would, after I'm familiar with those two, then I would just do a basic Google search of the Sigmund team and start clicking through what's coming up. Um, in my searches because that's going to give you, I mean, that's going to give you an insight into like what the most popular links are. Um, but I don't feel like that's the first step. I really feel like you've got to go to their social pages and see what they are saying about themselves or what they're promoting. Right. Um, and see how that matches up to what comes up when you do a search online. And so I think that's where, that's where I would start outside of if if it was a space that I knew people in, um, if if it was a space that I knew people in, I would ask around and get you know what people think about like what's their reputation like you know what are the, what are they known for, um, I think that's where I would that's where I would start. No, yeah, th- and I take a, a step further than that. Like mortgage banks are not banks, and I've had interviews where they're like, yeah, I mean. I was like, what do you think we do here? And they're like, well, I'm sure you open checking and savings account and CDs. I was like, nope. Seriously? Oh, yeah. So mortgage bankers are not bankers. That's <laughs> the difference, right? So, um, you know, if you're interviewing for a job because you're just looking for a job, it becomes very obvious when you don't know what the fuck you're talking about when you walk in <laughs> as far as what the job position is, what it means to do that job, uh, what the space is, what the company is, what the company is involved in, how long they've been around. Like, I like hearing, like, I'll, I'll ask, what do you know about us? It's just an open, open and question. Same. That's what I and, ask. And uh, it's very obvious to any employer that's interviewing, did you look up anything ever? 
Right. It also becomes obvious when we were referred by them or referred by somebody else uh, to them or, or they were referred to us by somebody mm-hmm. else. Because I don't know a ton, but when I was talking with Rebecca, Rebecca told me that you guys do A, B, C, D, and E, and F, yeah. which to me is still research. Right. I have no, do, I have no idea I what that means. It <laughs> I, it's, it's, but just to have somebody that's walking in where they're not going to be completely caught off guard or have no freaking clue what's, what's, what's going on in the world, it's a waste of an employer's time yeah. to take 30 more minutes to explain who we are, what we're about, where we've been, even though you, we will do that in an interview at some point just to make it sure has, it's clear. It has more meaning when they right. have some kind of connection right. that they can draw right. from. Yeah, for sure. Um, and down to the personal connection too. Like, you know, uh, JDRF, you know, is a quick way to your heart as an example. Right. Um, you know, I've been involved with Leukemia Lymphoma Society for a while. So if you look around enough, you're going to find you're JDRF gonna, or LLS. And maybe it, yeah. you know a friend or a family member that had leukemia or has diabetes. And I mean, guess what? Hey, I saw that you're involved with JDRF, you know, um, uh, how long you been, like, who's in your family? And yes, my, my brother's got d- diabetes as well. And like you have Insta a leg, up, you have a leg up in that. Yes. In that. So yes. what I would say here from a research perspective is you don't want to, uh, do too much no. because you also don't want to queer your thoughts about what the job is. Right. But to walk in blind is foolish. Right. Well, so how long has the company been open? Mm -hmm. What is the job? Who's the leadership? Um, What do they do? What is the unique selling proposition, which is super important? Uh, what is the culture? If you can figure that stuff out, those yeah. basic high level things are really important to understand. Yeah. And watch some of the personal stuff. Like I said, you know, businesses put, they push out content that they're proud of, which mm-hmm. means it's what they want people to mm-hmm. see. So that's why I think the insight on social is valuable, yep. you know, and, you know, and I think I have come to, I have become, I've got, I don't even know how to say this. I've gotten to a point where I get frustrated if I'm looking for a company online and I can't find anything on social or like it drives me crazy or I look, I do find them on social and their last post was freaking two years ago. Like that gets on my freaking nerves so bad. I'm like, give me like, I just want to, I want to give you money. (laughs) I want to use your services and I can't find anything that is remotely relevant. So Anyway. So outside of that, uh, I do think that brushing up on interview skills, I think is important prior to the appointment. Um, like everyone knows ish questions that are going to be asked. Like, uh, especially since most interviewers suck at interviewing. Right. We know that, you know, there'll be some variance of what are you strong at? What are you weak at? There'll be some question about your past employer employment. There'll probably be something about what would your, you know, when I call your past boss, uh, uh, that's on your sheet for recommendations. What are they going to say about you? So, you know, there's some basic things, which you can Google what are the top 20 interview questions. And those will, and be, those will be asked. And there'll be some version of that <laughs> asked. So, yeah. um, no, like kind of, run, if you were asked that question, just think and think early about what would be a impactful, meaningful answer uh, that I could weave in. So it doesn't have to be perfect to the question, but think of it like this. Uh, what are your strengths and weaknesses? There's a thousand versions, right? Like, what are you most proud of from your previous job? Uh, um, What's a mistake that you made and what did you do about it? So those are three examples of the same question. If you had a well thought out, um, well, yeah, but we got to be honest with you, probably my, uh, what I'm most proud of came from uh, my biggest screw up. Mm -hmm. And I remember that on this date, you know, this many years ago, my old boss asked me to do this project and uh, I misunderstood what the assignment was. And I got all the way up and I presented what I thought was going to be a badass presentation to my boss. And my boss looked at me like I had three eyes. And when I figured out that I made a mistake, um, what I learned in the moment was how important it was for me to repeat back what I Mm -hmm. thought was uh, the the communication. And so he and I worked out a new way uh, to communicate with each other that everything from that point forward became not only written, but uh, not only verbal, but written Written. and repeated. And, uh, and also I started turning in projects a few days early as a result because yeah. I never wanted to feel that way again. So think about what, uh, by the way, I made that shit up on the spot, <laughs> but think about if you were, you were sitting across from an interview and they just wing something about strengths or weaknesses. And the response was, well, probably my biggest strength came from my biggest weakness. Probably my biggest thing I'm proud of from the previous job, a uh, system I created came from one of my biggest mistakes. So you're prepared with one story to answer two questions that you can weave together that was thought out well enough to make you look good. Yeah. Right. No, I love that. So, and I think the 
the key there too is to practice a little bit. Um, like for real practice, yeah. really run through them in your head, practice with a friend or a or yeah, spouse. Ask or your random questions, see what your answers are. Yeah. And, uh, my daughter who is working at Chick-fil-A now, I remember doing this with her. I'm like, okay, let's go through some interview questions yep. so we can see what, you know, so you can get comfortable with it. So you're not caught off guard. You're not wasting anybody's time, yep. you know? And I mean, I was so freaking proud of what I heard that she would have done fine winging it. But the fact that we had gone through a couple of Probably made it that much better, that much better. And she got the job on the spot, That's which awesome. is, you know, Chick-fil-A is a hard, they, they hire and interview a lot of people all the time. So, um, you know, it's a competitive job. Everybody wants to work at Chick-fil-A apparently when you're 17, but That's so, awesome. yeah, you got to practice. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're looking for homework there, just go ahead and Google top 20 interview questions and responses and uh, have somebody read them to you and, and do your best on, on, uh, on answering them. There, there's a secondary tip I'll give you that came from a guy named Ryan Avery. Oh my gosh, you're like reading my mind. So, <laughs> I was about to say that. Uh, I want to teach you some <laughs> a powerful communication point that will yeah. help you in the uh, meetings. And if you go back and listen to a half dozen of these podcasts, you'll see that Brynn and I weave in all four all the time because it brings to life stories and lessons. Okay, so what I mean by that is he talks about the rule of, uh, of one, two, three, four when it comes to public speaking, but I believe it, it applies to any communication with anybody anytime. So, yeah. um, you know, so if you write down one, two, three, four, uh, number one is what's the one question, right? Mm -hmm. So you should always have in your back pocket one question that you can ask that is open-ended, that shows interest, that gets it going. So for salespeople, the question is always, what's your story? Hey, Bryn, uh, you're literally standing in a line at Chick-fil-A and somebody's in front of you and they turn around and catch eyes to icons like, hey, what's your story? Right? And they're like, yeah. what are you talking about? I was like, well, shoot, we're standing in line together for the next 20 <laughs> minutes, it looks like. Tell me your story. Well, where do you want me to start? From the beginning. From the beginning. Right? So, and you can do that in any meeting or any in any yeah. encounter because what you're doing is you're getting the ball started and you can keep on pulling that thread. And then ultimately what happens when you hear the whole story from when they were born till today <laughs> Then they always follow up with the follow-up question, which is usually, what's what yours? yours? What's your story, right? <laughs> so um, whoever's asking the most questions is in control of the conversation. And because most interviewers are shitty interviewers, you can control them by asking more questions about them. And a powerful emotional response is when people talk about themselves, they like you more. So if you can get them to talk about their story and how they got this company and how they got this position and, you know, how would I, what would I have to do to be like you when I grow up? Like, I mean, like my that, eye heart is like right. flying. So, so that's something you need to understand. The psychology of the sale is, you know, get people talking about themselves, but what's the question, the what, one question that I think should be about how to get them talking about them. Yeah. Second thing is you got to have two stats, Right. So when you think of it in terms of stats, it's anything that's relevant to the interview. So let's just say that, you know, I'll just use mortgage lending because that's what I do. Um, you know, I'm interviewing a processor. Then it'd be really great for the processor to say, uh, I carry a pipeline of 78 loans per month. I close on average 31 loans per month. And on average, those loans are closed within 27 days. I mean. Fuck yes. Yes. You're hired, right? Uh, absolutely. So, <laughs> yes. but stats are the difference between I think and I, I am. I want you, I'm going to say it again. It's, I think, or I feel like I'm a good processor versus I'm a fucking good processor. Like right. there's a mathematical difference here uh, because everyone's busy. Let's be honest at their job. They're, they're filling the full hour, full 40 hours because they're being paid for 40 hours. It does not mean they're being paid for 40 hours of work. Right. Right. And so stats are a way to bridge that gap. Um, you know, think in terms of uh, if I'm interviewing you for my MLB, you know, my major league baseball team. Right. Like, I don't yeah. really care about your freckles. What I care about right. is that you bat 365 <laughs> and that, that uh, you have uh, you no earned runs. Right. Yeah. So um, all those th zero errors in the last, th th in the last 30 games. Right. Yeah. So uh, think about stats. It also shows intelligence in a lot of ways. Like there, there's a per perceived uh, or there's a projected intelligence that comes from knowing numbers. So in the industry... Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Bryn, why are you thinking about joining the real estate community? Well, I did some research and it looks like there's been a 12% appreciation in San Antonio in the last 12 months. It looks like values of properties can go up another 10 to 8, eight to 10% the next two years. 
seems like it's a really vibrant uh, uh, industry to be in, at least in the short term. So that's why I want to join the industry. Oh, shit. You did okay. some research. Like you know that. your numbers. There's thought behind it. Right. And the other thing, too, is that people that track things mm. tend to do better. So mm-hmm. even if their numbers are like you don't know if that's a good statistic or a bad statistic, um, then it, people, the fact that they have tracked it and they know what their their success rate is yep. means that in the long run, they're probably above average for sure in their industry because they're tracking it or they will be or they will be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, these are things to have before you walk in. So, um, you know, what might else be a staff that's important to employer, you know, um, do you have any questions about our benefit package? No, not at all. I really don't, I really don't use uh, pay time off. In fact, I went back and looked at the last two years and I had zero sick days. That's a stat that matters cool. to an employer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> zero six days. Shit. I have people Did that you? are sick, like because they had their, their feelings were hurt, <laughs> right? So <laughs> it's it's one of those deals. I have people in the negative PTO. <laughs> right. So, you know, what stats can you bring in that would matter to an employer? The third one is going to be that quotes. That's a great one. Right. So, from a quotes perspective, having three different quotes, um, you know, knowledge is power. And uh, if you can reference, um, you know, a, a speaker or a book, book or, author, a, or, yeah. or an author that is relevant, right? Um, you know, Brynn, you seem to be a self-starter. Where do you think you get that from? Yeah. And then you go quote a John Maxwell leadership book or you go quote right. a, a Tony Robbins uh, show that you watched and say, well, I went to the show three years ago and Tony Robbins said this and, and, and this is what it means to me and this is why I get up every day at five o'clock in the morning. Like, okay, crap. The, the mm-hmm. quotes also show that you're working on yourselves and that you're willing to listen to others, right? Yes. It shows that you're, you're, you're willing to learn and grow. Um, so having three quotes that you can go to in your back pocket are really important. Um, in my industry, like uh, I'll quote some of our uh, local economists. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people, one of the questions that they'll ask all the time is, hey, what do you think rates, what happened to rates? It's like, well, um, I don't know, but based on this guy, he says, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or based on this report from, DH, uh, d- from uh, DHI, or based on this report I read from the Wall Street Journal, mm-hmm. it says blank. And I've read more articles like this than the contrary. So th- I believe that this is the pro- projected future of rates, right? I love that. And I think, too, a side note is um, you don't have to use all three in every... No, it's about, it's it's about having, having it. Having go-tos. It's having go-tos. And that's the, that's the key thing is having it available in your arsenal yeah. increases the odds of a good outcome, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So don't stress out over, I have to use all three of these in every situation. Yeah. Um, and I think the other great way to use quotes, if you're not someone who can really remember like word for word type stuff, like I can't, it's, you know, one of my favorite books or one of my, the, one of the books I've enjoyed most recently is, uh, fierce conversations. And in that book, they talk about, you know, blah, 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 blah. And so that's something I'm, I really have taken to heart since I heard that and it's impactful. And this is, you know, this is why. Yep. And then the last thing, the four, so we remember we said one, two, three, four. So one was one question, two is stats, three is quotes. The fourth one is four stories. And if you were to put a big uh, exclamation (laughs) point, asterisk and circle and highlight, this would be the area. Um, And this is why I'm saying like, go back and listen to our podcast and see how many stories we have. (laughs) And the reason is, is that if you go back to the human history, um, the written history is very, very, very small compared to the millennia of, of humans on earth. So you wonder like, how does mom and dad teach, you know, where, which water well to drink from and which one will kill your ass and, and, and how, what kind of grunts are required to get somebody (laughs) to run from this animal versus attack and eat this animal. Right. And the answer was stories and that's why they are, that's why a great storyteller is the life of the party very often for anyone that you know a great yeah. storyteller people like shut up and listen but i would say you use that to your advantage in an interview right so what ryan avery will suggest is you want to have two personal stories two business stories but the key is it's one win and one loss so one personal win story one personal loss story one personal business story no one business win story one business loss story and so, you know, uh, and, and, and the, uh, 
exclamation, or sorry, the in, in uh, quotations here is also in the present tense. You want to tell stories? Which is so in, hard. It's very difficult. <laughs> so this is a pra- you got to practice, you but you got to tell these stories in the present tense. And the reason yes. is, is that when you're in the present tense, people will come along for the ride and they uh, get to enjoy it and live the moment. Uh, and, and in the, the lost stories, they feel your pain yeah. In the win stories, they celebrate with you. Um, but it's, it's really important to do this. So think about the difference of, yeah, I used that example earlier about, uh, you, you prepared to have this one interview question about wins and losses and how, uh, and I said, you know, this, this, my boss, uh, a couple years back asked me to do this project. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing a great job. I'm in the present tense. I feel like, I feel like I didn't, I, feel I didn't like I'm feel, on point. right. So I'm walking, so I'm walking into the office and I've got this, this like Bible that I wrote the most, the best pr- project ever I've ever done. And the first thing my boss does is look me in the eyes and say, what is this? Now, if you're telling that story, people are along for the ride. Um, but that's a personal loss story that you can turn into a personal win story. Um, when people are trying to connect personally, because remember we, we work with people we know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. then uh, personal loss story could be JDRF. Hey, uh, I saw that you support JDRF. You don't have a family member that's in it. Do you by chance? Because I've been suffering from you know diabetes my whole life, yeah. right? So that's a connect- connectivity piece right. that comes from a personal loss story in that example versus a personal win story. Like what is something that you're proud of um, or that you're pursuing or a, a moment or, uh, uh, like a success story or a courageous moment that you can tell in a story format based on an interview question. Yeah. So having a few of those ready is super, super important to positioning yourself in a, a better light with an interview. Yeah. And you really do need, for me, I, I really struggle to come up with these things on off the cuff mm-hmm. um especially like personal wins and failures I don't know why I really have to dig deep to like get to both of them um and so that could be a very stressful moment if you're asked that and you have to come up with something on the spot yep. and it's hard to recover once you you know come up like you just bullshit your way through it it's written all over right um and it's hard to recover and get back on track so um if you're someone like me that can't quite access those things as quickly um make sure you really do some thinking about it i also think it goes back to have you ever taken the time to really understand yourself right like i am crystal clear why i'm hardwired the way way i am Mm. now i took a lot of therapy um (laughs) but the truth is is that if they want to ask me where i get my drive from if they want to ask me where i got my savings ability from if they want to ask me like uh why i have a paternal nature with every employee period Mm -hmm. um i can literally tell you the story the moment that was very painful for me years ago yeah and relate it right um and not cry saying it anymore right Seriously, yeah, uh, or hide from it because from a, a shame that feeling, right, right, right. and like, and I'll like tell you that uh, the whole being real and sharing pain is a real fast way to, to grab hold of somebody, right? Yeah. So it, when you go to an interview, do you want to cry in uh, in the interview? Absolutely not. But if you have a reflection story that explains who you are and why you're hardwired, like. Hey, dude, uh, you seem to be doing a really good job at your current job. You've been there for 15 years. You're telling me you want to learn a brand new industry, start from the bottom and make $30,000 a year. That's what you're telling me? Like, can you explain that to me? Can you help me understand? Uh, Well, I just moved across the country and I just need a job. I'm not going to get it, right? Yeah, let me explain it. So I mastered my craft in this job. I've had this business for the last uh, 17 years. The last 17 years, I've had 400 employees. I just sold it for a big number. I don't have to make more money in this industry. I don't have to make money at all. I figured I might, if I'm going to go to a new uh, new area, I can start over and everything. I've always been interested by finance, and so I thought I'd take a, a, a swing at it. This is what I've been most interested in. The last time I got a mortgage, it was a shitty experience. I figured I could do better than that asshole. Be better than that. So let me. I wanted to see if I can come into your your company. Fuck yes, great story, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's think that way, uh, and then I know we. Uh, I want to wrap up with a, with three or four or five other salient points to be aware of in the interview. So that was kind of the preparation side. So let's say that you're you're here. I'm just gonna give you the most obvious things that people just miss. Crazy, like it's very crazy to me. Like show up on time to your interview. Yes, and not too freaking early. No, don't be an hour early. Don't be an hour early, and don't be 30 minutes early. Like if you are that early, sit in the parking lot until it's 10 minutes before. 
because for me as a person who is going to do an interview, when people come in early, it makes me feel pressured to, to wrap up while you're currently to w- right, and it's very very stressful because I know there's someone waiting. That's weird. I don't, I don't worry about that at all. I it stresses me out. So my advice yeah. <laughs> would be if you're that early, stay in the car or yep. tell the receptionist not to announce cool. that you're here in for ten minutes. Yeah. Second basic: dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So if you're going to go into a professional environment, I don't care what you currently do. If you walk in with a, you know, uh, an apron on because you're the the line cook, before you walk in the door, like please put on a, a button up shirt, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, dress for the job that you want. Um, I've never you, had anybody show up sloppy to an interview. Have you? I have. I haven't. I, I'm not sure it was like they wanted a real job though, because they also showed up. I think that they were high as a kite, <laughs> um, like 99%. <laughs> I think it was just to get the check from the government. So yeah. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like, can I tell you a story about te- uh, about Texas? This is, I hope I don't get called in for this. So, uh, if you've I've ever heard been summoned. I've that summon- if you have to say that, you probably, probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't. So, if you get summoned to do jury duty, which I'm a big believer in, like, serve your community, and jury duty is a big part of it. But sometimes you're the breadwinner, and you, like, I, I remember this one time, I, I, I literally had three kids under four, or, like, it was five, two, and new is what it was. Five, two, and brand new. And uh, I'm my wife stays at home, and I'm the breadwinner. And I I got called for jury duty for a murder case. It was going to be like a several week long case, and I'm commission only at the time. Yeah. And uh, and I read the small print at the bottom of the summons, and it said must be appropriately dressed, wear blah 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 blah. Oh my gosh. So I showed up with a (laughs) like a wife beater and flip flops, and I think I had barbecue sauce on the on the white t-shirt there's a song made about that <laughs> and i walked in with my hair like not combed with sunglasses on into the courtroom and they pl- politely asked me to leave immediately wow right that and would not happen to me that really? is not the kind of thing that happens to me oh yeah no that's real they'd be uh, like right over here ma'am yeah no i had to go back and do jury duty a different time right well but, at least you could prepare for it right. you know and work well, your schedule I, I, and it wasn't a murder case that was going to be weeks long right but um but the whole point of it was is is i there's don't think any differently of the expectations of an interview. Yeah. Right. Uh, also, I think that uh, uh, don't dress up a way that you're that doesn't show who you are, because um, like I've seen people show up with all this sorts of flashy crap on the wrists and necks and stuff like that, and that's just not who they are. But they think that that's the job. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's very important that you dress true to yourself, yep. whatever version of professional that and looks comfortable. like. And comfortable yes. because here's the thing. People that know a lot about personality profiling understand how dress ties into personality. Yes. And, and we can read you like a book. Yeah. And if you're throwing me off by yep. like with this boring outfit that you feel like is super conservative and professional. But you're a hooker. But... <laughs> <laughs> bring in them boots girl like i want to know yours hey it's you a commission are. salesperson <laughs> yeah that's one th- that's one way to look at it i haven't thought about that no see, you can see the beauty in anything <laughs> yeah so absolutely right so um so dress for the job for sure um number three i would say is ask more questions like it's weird to me when an interviewer has done w- almost every single interview is do you have any other questions when people say no, it's it almost is insulting. It really it's is. It's almost insulting. So have two or three great questions about the job, about something that you heard in the interview, about uh, about the next steps would be a great one. Like that's an assumption yeah, close. Like and so, yeah. What, do you have any other questions? Yeah. Like what is the next step? I really like this. Uh, I, I like the role. Like when all else fails, just ask that. Yeah, that's the assumption right. close. And if you if. Now, let's say you have do really have a very impactful conversation and there's lots of questions being asked and answered throughout, mm-hmm. then I think an appropriate response to do you have any questions would be, well, the things I had on my list were I wanted to know about growth opportunities. Yep. I wanted to know about this. I want to know about the culture. I wanted to know about job duties and specific roles. Mm-hmm. I want to know about the benefits package. And we actually talked through all of those things. So I guess the last thing is what's the next step? I love that. Like yeah. one of my favorite, uh, qu- I, I, I want to give credit to it because I, just, I heard it recently, but I don't remember who told me the most recent best answer to that was, yeah, I do have a question. Where do you see me in five years? I love that. Right. Like, um, I don't want just the job. Like, where do you see my yeah, growth? Where are we going? Like, yeah, where, where, where are we, my, my, yeah, what am I hooking the wagon trailer? up to? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
So, um, so that's a really important thing is think of a few pointed questions to ask that show that you give a shit, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's fair to ask personal questions too, not just professional ones, right? Like, hey, you've been asking me all sorts of questions, but you never told me what you do on the, uh, when you do when you're not here, around here. Like drugs. You too? <laughs> me too. Right? <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, He's I think it's team. all fair because we're not allowed, uh, interviewers are not allowed to talk about, you're not supposed to talk about age and kids and right. spouses and all that right. until it's, the question is open. So if you open it up and you want to get personal, then we can be personal, right? Yeah. Like, I'm glad you asked. Which I find very hard because that right. is so normal and natural to right. me. Like, but just me understand that like, they're not being rude. They're legally not able to ask certain questions right. that are, that are, you know, protected. But if you say, Hey, you know, um, you know, you never asked, but I've got uh, a wife and a couple of kids and we're involved in A, B and C. I see some pictures on your desk. How old are your kids? Yeah. Like, what do you guys do on the weekend? And it breaks down that I'm just another person on the other side of the desk that you're interviewing yeah. to I am, I am a individual that has commonalities with you. Yeah. And so I, I think that uh, it's okay to bridge that, that personal gap separate of professional as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another good question there to tidy the question piece up is, um, yeah, I do have a question. What did we not cover? Like, what's an important question that I haven't asked yet that you feel like I should have? Hmm. Right. Um, I've heard that probably a dozen times in my 20 years, a dozen times that specific question. It's really interesting to me. I don't know that I've ever been really. asked that. Yeah. I think it's a really uh, uh, great question because yeah, it is. Um, it makes the interviewer stop and think of, well, did I not cover did I, did, I, did I ask every question right did, yeah. I, did I get everything uncovered yeah you know what you know what uh, I'm glad you said I'm glad you asked that um, you know you actually never did ask about compensation and benefits package you never did out of curiosity what are you expecting what are you looking for yeah which you know I would say why that is a really good question is because I think a, I to me it's unclear when you talk about that yeah. you know I mean do I know what the range is? Like, yeah. but when is the appropriate time? Like, I don't right. want to get to the yeah. end and we'd be way off and yeah. most interviewers aren't going to bring it up or have some sort of schedule of things to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I think another great question is, um, tell me about what kind of goals or projects or big initiatives that you have mm-hmm. as a company. Yep. And what is really good about this is that you're going, they're going to tell you, uh, there, it's going to be an insight into some of the struggles Mm -hmm. and some of the issues that they have, because why else would they be working on it unless it was an area for improvement? Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you when we were starting to brainstorm this conversation, you put down two things at the top that interviewers are typically looking for. So what were those two things? Attitude and drive. Yeah. So I want you to think about that. If you're thinking about interviewing uh, or if you're the interviewer, the truth of the matter is the interviewer, the employer, cares about those two things immensely. What is the attitude? What's the drive? So the attitude, some of those pieces we covered, it's everything from how you dress, you know, what you say, how you handle yourself. Don't underestimate eye contact. Mm -hmm. Like uh, a person that, like my daughter's dating now. It drives me freaking crazy. I don't like (laughs) it. But the dude walked up to me, shook my hand, looked me in the eyes. Big deal. Uh, That guy gets a plus. Yes. And anyone else that attempted would get a kick in the ass, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, um, you know, don't underestimate that that piece of things, uh, lean forward and being assertive, yeah. uh, shows that you're confident. Mm-hmm. If you're confident, it dememonstrates competence. That's something we've spoken about a lot. And that confidence also will allow you to relax yep. and take care of some of those butterflies and nerves that yep. tend to get in the way of your great answers because yep. you can't quite articulate. So, um, be confident, which comes with practice and making sure that you've got your shit teed up. Yep. So, and just remember as a, uh, a, uh, uh in the interview, uh, the, the world has changed and we've referenced this in the last, uh, podcast, but the world has changed in a way that the driver is typically the person being interviewed. They're in more control than the, in, than the interviewer right now. And that is a big mindset shift that's that a big you really change. need to take on. Yeah. Ask questions. You know, if you care about the community or about saving the planet, ask questions about that. Drive. Whoever is asking the most questions is in control. And And I think the big thing too, like, you know, it, when you think that it's all up to them, it comes to this, like, please hire me desperation thing ish. Mm -hmm. Um, but flip the roles, like just as it's equally as expensive for the employer to hire the wrong person, it is equally as expensive for you as someone who's looking for a job to take the wrong job. Yep. So 
holy moly, like understand that. Thought of that way. That's so true. It is true. That's so true. I mean, so know that what you're going for is to find a good match. And that, how do you know that if, you know, it's just, if you don't have a solid conversation about some of these things that are yep. like hubs and really important things to think about for That's a right. position. Yeah. And so when you think about all the research, all the preparation, all the questions, all the, all the stats, all that, what you're really trying to base all this on is how can I demonstrate this potential future employee employer that I've got a, uh, I've got drive and I've got the right attitude for the job. How am I carrying myself? Mm-hmm. How am I communicating? Am I communicating effectively? Uh, does it show that I care enough to do extra work uh, on the side? What what behaviors, results, or stories can I tell that show they've got the drive that's required for you know this new role? Mm-hmm. Um, those are all things that you want to kind of think about, and that's what's often missed is put yourself in the shoes of the person across from you. And if you're listening to this, this is the same thing with sales. This is the same thing with spouses. It absolutely is. Uh, You know, how do you communicate with spouses or kids? It's put yourself in their shoes Mm -hmm. and think about what they're looking for and then give them what they need, right? Uh, And that's going to give you the better chance of of winning out. I also am very clear that um, if your gut says that this is the right role for you, like you want it, Mm -hmm. don't leave that up for... Uh, debate right like be really clear Bryn I love I love the opportunity I love everything I had to say here uh, I gotta be honest with you I want the job I want the job like what do what else do I need to do so you just so you stop it. interviewing other people because I want to be here yeah here's why that's really important when you see you have no more questions at the end uh, or if you are just the robot answering yeses and nos you might be dying inside like oh my god oh my god oh my god this is a dream job <laughs> And we don't fucking know because you're lukewarm. And so we want to be pursued just like you want to be pursued. Absolutely. So when you find something that you want, open your damn mouth and say, I want it. Like, what do I have to do? What is the next step? This is like, I will not do any more interviews if you tell me that Mm -hmm. I'm going to get this job. I will not interview anyone else. This is what I want. Uh, and this is why I want it. And, and initiate follow-up. Yeah, and, and the follow-up and here's is the thing, really like important. I think people with drive do. Yep. I, d- I really do. Yeah, I think that it's a natural thing for someone with a lot of drive to be like, what's the next step? I want this job. Yep. Hey, I'm going to follow up with you. I'm gonna, you're going to get a note. You're going to, you know, I want it. Well, that girl that we're hiring from yeah. Seattle was exactly that. Like yeah. she was the best follow-up every other week. Solid. To multiple people on the team. Didn't have a place for her for, what, three, four months? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Moved down here from out of town. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, damn, we had an opportunity. Guess who's the first person <laughs> we thought of? The one that followed up with us for the last four months. Right? Yeah, real, Because if they're going to follow up with us as employers, who are they probably also going to follow up with is yeah, our clients and our referring partners, and, right? Yeah, for sure. So that gets us through the interview. Canon, does that answer your questions about what you would want to know in an interview? <laughs> would that have been helpful? Okay, cool. So is there anything that we did not cover that you think that we should be covering in in Finding your job and winning in an interview. Not, not, for, this episode. not for this episode. Well, cool. Then that's uh, so. Since it was a specific question from him, then we're gonna wrap it up. Rock so and roll. Thank you for joining us on Sigmund Sense. Next time, we're gonna talk about how to keep that job that Yay, you just got by jobs. being a player. So, <laughs> like, subscribe. Follow share, up, share us, ask if we questions. Mi- yeah, if we missed anything, um, if you are someone who has done some interviewing re- lately and feel like you have learned some valuable lessons, share those with us. I would like to know the worst interview story ever or the worst (laughs) interview question or I have have a personal story and I'm still mortified by it that I don't even know if I can say it. You can't. So many years ago. You can't say it then, but we will see you next time on Sigmund Sense and we appreciate you following us. Take care. guys. Cheers.